Before we start today's podcast, we just wanted to take a moment to say thanks to you, our listeners. We've been podcasting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since before the series started. And this month, October 2014, has been our biggest one yet. That wouldn't be possible without you. Whether you're listening to us at FantasticGeek.com or via iTunes on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feed or Pop Culture Podcast feed, we appreciate everyone who is listening and sharing in what we do. We couldn't be doing what we do without your support each week. We've got great things ahead for 2015. The Agent Carter podcast, which is available now on iTunes. More Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Daredevil podcast, and a whole lot more. Thanks for being here for all of it. And thank you for listening. Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hey, Matt. S.H.I.E.L.D. is done hiding. We get together tonight to talk about episode 206 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., A Fractured House, brought to you by Pan-Fired Green Tea courtesy of the shozuko prefecture get yours today mm, yummy matt as the official unofficial voice of the marvel cinematic community we start tonight with a highlight of what has been termed the marvel event held today in los angeles what did marvel announce Pete, Marvel announced the uh, slate of upcoming movies, and it's quite a doozy. We're going to run through them uh, quickly. Uh, of course, May 2015, Avengers Age of Ultron. We knew that. July 2015, uh, Ant-Man. Then from here, it takes off. The following May, uh, May uh, 2016, Captain America Civil War, co-starring Iron Man and Black Panther. Uh, then November 2016, Doctor Strange. Still no confirmation that Benedict Cumberbatch is playing Doctor Strange, but that's the uh, you know that's what's out there in the. I, I can give you the latest. They are working through the numbers. It's a done deal behind the scenes. Calling it here, okay? You can all congratulate me when it's made official. I'm told end of the week. And uh, well, I will say end of the calendar year for when uh, Martin Freeman is cast in another uh, role in Doctor Strange. Um, May 5th, 2017, so a little bit earlier, will uh, then originally announced will be Guardians of the Galaxy 2. July 2017, Thor Ragnarok. November 2017, three movies in that calendar year will be Black Panther. Uh, then May 2018, Avengers Infinity War Part 1, followed by July 2018, Captain Marvel, uh, the uh, debut of Carol Danvers into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then uh, November of that year, 2018, Inhumans, and then the final movie on the uh, MCU radar, May 2019, Avengers Infinity War Part 2. Wow, this was more than anyone anticipated out of an event that was so the, the the rumors of this Marvel event 
were such that I wasn't even sure if it was going to happen. And then, my goodness, they announced this 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 list of movies that just goes on and on and on all the way till 2019, Pete. Well, Matt, you had asked me what it was going to be, and you know, you're 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 saying fair is fair. What did I tell you? You said it was going to be a whole bunch of movies announced. Again, the burden of being me being right all the time. <laughs> well, Pete, uh, next week in next week's podcast, uh, when we're going to be covering the Marvel 75th anniversary special, we're also going to be opening up our mailbag, hearing from uh, all of you all who have been sending in uh, uh, stuff to our Gmail account, etc. And we're going to hit this list deeper. Uh, some of the particulars, you know, we'll, we'll reference the uh, Civil War comic uh, story arc, more about Doctor Strange, more about uh, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Inhumans. So we'll kind of get into that next week because this week, Pete, we have something else to talk about. We do. Okay, going to catch you up on what went down quite a bit, Matt. I have uh, talked about my note-taking before. This was clearly the most I've ever taken for one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow. Um, Which is ironic because we were exchanging notes about notes before the (laughs) podcast quickly. And your note was? My note was that these are the least notes I have taken. And I was like, Pete, finally I'm not sick I'm not, you know, going on far too little sleep. I'm so energized for this episode. I don't know if I just got lazy or 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 what. So this is going to be a really interesting podcast. I am in no way anti this episode. I think it was maybe a B plus episode, which is just fine. But I have, I mean, I have plenty to say. I have so little written down. So this is going to be very interesting. The tease begins with uh, the United Nations and uh, General Talbot is there uh, explaining how in 2012 he was in New York City for the Battle of New York. But this is an anti-shield speech, though they fought alongside the Avengers, uh, calling them essentially traitors. Uh, The Italian uh, delegate then gets up and uh, is promptly obelisked <laughs> by the uh, quote unquote agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, imposters in S.H.I.E.L.D. uniforms. And you'd, you'd know one when you see them, wouldn't you, Pete? Yes, I would. Yes, okay. of course, they use what I like to call the spinny stonificator. Yes. And by the um, way, Pete, there was a nice little tidbit there, uh, joking aside from Talbot's speech, where he uh, he gave a little insight, I think, into um, the the size of Shield that we saw, say, in the first Iron Man movie, compared to what we saw in the second Captain America movie, and it was just kind of after uh, the Battle of New York, uh, how how Shield just grew and grew and grew in bases in every continent and that sort of thing. So some sort of you know, post post attack ramping up of of shield, um, which I just thought was a nice, unnecessary, but a nice um, explanation for something that kind of in the background it was like, hey, are they secret agents? Nobody knows who they are, and now they have these big giant helicarriers. W- you know, what's that difference there? Well, the show in two sentences explained it perfectly. Exactly, and you know, 
much has been made of of you know people from the cinematic universe not connecting to this show okay and this show does everything it can to connect to that universe at the same time tell its own stories and um moments like that you know really reward the viewer yeah absolutely it's just i mean i think back to the piled episode where it's like oh boy, they're directly referencing all the cool characters that can't be in this show. And they don't quite go that far, you know, in, in normal episodes, but they're just so willing to reference previous movies, to reference, you know, different things that are part of their real world. Uh, and and it just adds to the authenticity. It kind of adds to the size of the show. You know, I mean, the show has, has any limits that a TV show a budget will bring with it. But these references, you kind of mentally for a second go from, you know, this sound stage where he's speaking to a relatively small audience to like the Battle of New York and the great, you know, the great expanse that was shown there. So it's a nice, uh, it's a nice little technique. Well, Matt, they're referencing things you don't even understand yet. Oh my, I don't know what that means. No, you don't. <laughs> um, act one gets into the very subject of this episode. And of course the fractured house would be the ward household. And we see ward in his solitary confinement, um, working out at five 30 in the morning on the dot, which Simmons noted before her undercover operation. And now after he is a creature of habit, he is disciplined and and Matt, what episode is two weeks from tonight? Let's see. This was two oh six. No, no episode next week. Uh, so that's two oh seven. Wait a minute, Pete. You have said that in the seventh episode of the second season that that will be Ward's redemption. Do you still stand by that now? I do. I stand I'm with Ward. I stand by that. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> by the way, it's also good to hear people. Uh, are enjoying the coming home gag because that was really nice to see somebody on Twitter. I apologize. I don't uh, have your name in front of me, but Pete, so you, you still think that despite the fact this episode was called a fractured house and despite the fact that we'll be talking about the shocking conclusion, you still think that words coming home next week. It comes down to who you believe in and are you going to believe this new character? Okay. Who we know was involved in some shady stuff Okay, are you going to believe Ward? And yeah, they're playing around with can you trust Ward and everything like that. And yeah, he did uh, get those shield agents at the end of the episode, but it it's nowhere near as as clean or as simple as they want you to believe it is. So the the new character you're referencing, uh, Christian Ward, right? Yes. Yes. So now I just okay. want to break this down here, just just for a quick moment here. Let me take out my my literary tools and such. Yeah. Uh, a Christian Ward almost kind of sounds like you know somebody who is there to to help us along in a time of difficulty in, in you know in, in a sympathetic and uh, um, selfless manner. For them to have named him Christian Ward makes me, I don't know, makes me think I can kind of trust the guy. Now, maybe. Well, you know, a sucker's born every minute, Matt. Pete, he is he is a member of the United States Senate. 
Surely uh, there are no bad guys there. Trust them, man. Don't <laughs> don't tell him you might have been exposed to Ebola. <laughs> hey, you know what, Pete? If he gets upset, he could just shut down the government. Hey, anything's possible. Um, but the idea here, Matt, things as we know are not always what they seem. And um, you need look no further than last week with Bobby Morse, okay, embedded within Hydra, okay. Um, and by the way, Matt, we, we didn't talk about it um, last week because it wasn't something that occurred to me until after. But when Bobby Morse went back into that hallway to confront uh, Mr. Bakshi, we never saw what took place. And uh, is it possible that just maybe he told her to comply and activated her and she went back to the playground and now she knows where S.H.I.E.L.D. is and now Hydra knows. This was a pretty quiet episode um, on the Hydra front. I mean, we had uh, Mr. Uh, Scarlatti there, Marcus Scarlatti, this fake S.H.I.E.L.D. agent but, um, you know, we didn't see Whitehall. We didn't see Bakshi. So, you know, there's there's some stuff going on. We've got the two-week wait here after Ward's, uh, you know, Houdini act at the end. And um, we head right into sweeps into the, the meat and the teeth of this schedule. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Pete, there are, in my mind, three options as to why we didn't see bobby morse confront bakshi in the hallway uh one it was not scripted um and that is laziness uh second it was scripted and uh either not shot or ended up on the editing room uh floor due to you know the, the limitations of the narrative due to you know being cut for time etc which uh, which happens, which absolutely happens. And sometimes those good scenes that don't serve the episode that you're in just need to go. And you say, oh, well, well, we'll bring it back as a flashback or, well, you know, whatever. But you have to do, you know, you have to deal with the episode that you have. So that's the second option. The third option is it was written for us not to see. And it was edited for us not to see because it is, as you say, because they're going to either they shot it at the time or they're going to go back and shoot it, whatever, you know, Point being, it might intentionally be a hole that they're going to fill with with what you're saying. I think it's a very, very possible theory. And I think it's something that that listeners should definitely keep an eye out for. Um, fine, she's wandered off into the sunset for this episode. I mean, I, I haven't seen the preview. I've, I would assume she's not back next week. But um, when she returns, I mean, let's let's definitely watch her with a, with a wary eye because... There is that hole in the narrative. And again, the three options are they didn't write it lazy. Shame on them. Um, they shot it but couldn't show it due to you know the realities of television. Eh, okay, shame on you, broadcast TV. You know. Um, and the third option is it's on purpose. And that's the scary option. Well, you will just have to see. But as a result of the attack on the United Nations, there were six left dead, many more injured, and uh, Coulson pairs the aforementioned Bobby Morse and her ex-husband Lance Hunter to go with Agent May to Okinawa to seek out 
this uh, Toshiro character? I was nervous that what we had uh, been worried about last week, which is now we're going to see kind of the neutering of Lance Hunter. Um, I was nervous about that. And I'll just offer the the blanket response to that for the, for the course of the episode. They didn't do that. I mean, they, they showed him as a little tentative and I think it's, you know, it's amusing storytelling for this guy who is so much bluster um, to be less confident around his ex-wife and the ex-wife to just kind of seem to be, congenial and to be professional and to be kind hey you know you're looking well you look good that kind of thing um that's fun storytelling but they didn't take it to the point where it's like no baby don't leave you know it it was nice that they kept hunter intact as let's not forget he is a mercenary for hire who's a you know a, a bad space guy i'm not saying he's a bad guy he's a villain but like he's not the kind of person that you want to like you know come to sunday dinner because he kills people for a living. Talbot, as a result of this attack, Matt has been left with a broken arm. This is the first time we've seen him pay physically for any of the collateral damage between S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA. And he goes to speak with the senator with the deep pockets he previously mentioned, and the casting was out there. Okay. And here we have Tim Decay as Senator Christian Ward, um, and he wants his brother back because his brother is Hydra, and he wants to bury S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, even I, who was spoiler-free, just had somehow come across the story weeks and weeks ago when they, when they cast him. Um, but certainly... The beginning of a good storyline within the uh, within the internal narrative of the episode, you know, does he want his brother back for the reasons he says? Is this politically motivated? Is this for the right reason? You know, we, we get into that character quite a bit, um, and I suspect Pete, we're going to be on opposite ends of the aisle when it comes to uh, comes to which brother we trust, uh, not just with the things we've already discussed, but with this. Uh, with this topic of uh, Christian Ward's motivations. In Act 2, Coulson directs Skye to keep the focus on Ward's family, where this episode is, and not her family. Um, Coulson, at the same time, is seen conversing with an Agent Walters, and that immediately pricked people's ears up in the Twitter sphere. Um, who is in the Netherlands. This was, it should be pointed out, because she does die in the episode, this was Agent Noel Walters. Uh, so not the She-Hulk. Not the She-Hulk. Although, uh, I mean, perhaps old enough to have a daughter? Maybe. I mean, certainly old enough to have a daughter. Perhaps old enough to have a daughter who could be like 20 or 25. You know, maybe that's just one of those things where... Later on in the season, later on in future seasons, you go, oh, your mom died in Belgium. A distinct possibility. Um, a Quinjet is seen uh, bringing uh, Morse, Hunter, and uh, May to Okinawa to track down uh, Toshiro Mori. And uh, some banter on the, uh, the plane there. Um, Morse tells Hunter that he looks good. She says, you've been telling people that I'm a hell beast. 
um, which if you're going to follow my theory, we might come back to. <laughs> um, wow. But, nice. uh, that, wait, that is a nice bit of um, potential foreshadowing there that it's been played off as a joke, you know, to, 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 yeah. to, to the extreme of, you know, she's an alien. She's a hell beast, which you know, initially it's like, oh, aliens. Oh, no, he's he's being hyperbolic. Um, but the fact that one step down from alien, which is someone to not be trusted, you know, someone to not be trusted, someone from outside, you know, outside the norm, outside our, you know, our community. Um, that, that I'm telling you, Pete, listen, people need to get on board with that theory. She's likable. I have no problem if we look back at the season five wrap up and it's like, oh, man, Mockingbird, part of the team for all this time. And she didn't end up being a bad guy. She'd be a great addition. That said, everybody. She is Jaws, and there's blood in the water. <laughs> well, Matt, as you well know, I have a little experience with writing. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think you can see this one coming. Um, Morse goes and talks to May. She asks uh, Agent May if she was ever married. Pete, I'm sorry. Uh, would, would you say that they are telegraphing that Morse could be bad? Morse goes and talks to Agent May, and she asks her if she's ever been married. Uh, May, uh, surprisingly, replied yes. Morse wants to know, do you still talk? And she answers her with but a look. Not a good one. And Morse says, good advice. (laughs) Um, One of the emotional, maybe the second largest emotional current of this episode was the business that went on with Fitzsimmons. Um, and you were caught up in the, in the war drama, um, only because it's a question of who do you believe, but with Fitzsimmons, it's been the reexamination of their relationship. Um, Fitz of course, still suffering, from the damage to his brain that he um, encountered at the hand of Ward being uh, stranded at the end of the first season. And um, Simmons goes to see um, Ward, I'm sorry, goes to see uh, Fitz about this uh, drive they had recovered. And uh, he says she looks different. And, you know, throughout this episode, we see them and it's it's not what it was. And uh, Matt, you had noted on on Twitter, Fitzsimmons is now Fitz and Simmons. Yeah. And I also it kind of clicked partway through the episode, although I think it's shown in every scene between them in this episode that head Simmons, when Fitz was speaking to head Simmons, the head, you know, the Simmons that wasn't there. She was complimenting uh, him. I don't mean saying, oh, you're doing a good job. Just his thoughts were complimented by her thoughts because she was this, you know, internal, external extension of his his thought process. Um, and, of course, he was able to have perfectly uh, smooth conversations with Head Simmons because it was all in his head. The fact that real Simmons is there now um, and she's finishing his sentences but he's taking this interruption or she's saying you know she's saying this when he wants to say that it's now it's now a source of conflict and it, it it's heartbreaking it's very very heartbreaking 
But I mean, kudos to the show for really drumming up this drama here. Um, and I think too, there's the added bonus that his brain injury gets to be a story shield, no pun intended, behind which you can hide the resentment that you know any of us would feel. Hey, your good friend, or he like you know he has romantic desires for her, or whatever. She left to do this undercover mission. We normal folk would be like, how could you leave? I thought we were a team. Well, you know, these are all spies and agents. This comes with the job. But he gets to not be the professional who needs to just put up with that because of the brain injury. And I'm not saying Fitz is making excuses, but the, the writers can fit in that, that, that palpable uh, sympathy that we feel for his situation because he can't process it like the professional that he is. Well, Matt, we all know why she accepted that undercover assignment. And as Mac uh, puts it later, okay, I heard you, I heard he told you how he felt and you bailed. And, you know, that idea of them taking their relationship to the next level is clearly something that bothered Simmons. And then she projects that further when they're walking Ward out of the playground and he says and she says if i ever see you again i'm going to kill you which so, i will take let, let me say right now me the meek spoiler matt so oft wrong so you know i don't get uh you know first draft copies of the script slipped under my under my door but they're under my pillow but anyway <laughs> um when you move the flower pot to the to the right um Here's my, here's me my prediction, which I'll say right off the bat, probably wrong. Um, by the end, but here's my prediction anyway. By the end of the season, Grant Ward is killed off and killed off for real, for good, and it's it's Simmons at the other end of the smoking gun. Thank you. Feel free to put that one forward. <laughs> um, but th- their relationship is clearly changed, and and that is subject to much of the episode when we're not on the ward drama um sky goes to see ward and uh they talk about the older brother they talk about christian and um grant ward warns her that christian always has an angle demands to know does he know i'm here he maintains and this has come up several times his promise to never lie to sky Okay, and uh, what is this really about? And Coulson closes the door on her and rebukes her, Sky, that she's slipping off track. There's a lovely trajectory in the course of this episode because we want to trust Ward despite the fact that we know he's a villain. We anticipate, you know, Ward's coming home and all of that. The show doubles down on saying no, Ward is not coming home. Now I'm not I'm not fully committing to the notion that 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 you are wrong, Pete. I mean, I I think they could take us through these twists and turns, certainly. But the show really doubles down where by the end of it, even before, you know, his his little Houdini act at the end, I think it is it it has gone from wow, Ward was just a screwed up kid who followed the wrong guy and was loyal to that de facto dad to a to, to a ridiculous degree, he goes from that to, I don't know how many people out there 
you know, really trust him anymore, really, really trust in him as a character. You know, and I don't think people are calling for him to be killed off or anything like that. Um, but but the show committed to really muddying the waters. And um, you realize the number of times he said, I'm telling the truth, I'm telling the truth, I'm telling the truth. Well, here's another option. He's not. Well, truth is subjective. And I think when we look back, it's certainly going to be Ward, Grant Ward's version of the truth. Um, and let's not forget what he said to Colson before they put him in the van there, um, you know, to tell, uh, tell Sky that this doesn't change anything, that he'll keep his promise. Now, you know, when he frees himself, remember where he's headed. He was headed to his brother. Um, and given the backstory, and it was referenced uh, what happened in the well, um, that his brother had thrown him into a well. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk uh, in some greater detail in a little bit about the stuff that has taken place between the Ward siblings, Thomas being the youngest. Um, but off in uh, Okinawa, Japan, um, Toshiro has these weapons and Morse heads in. She speaks Japanese and with her ex-husband looking on, she's suddenly su suddenly kissing Toshiro Mori. Um, and May says, hey, do you still like that other option, the firefight option? <laughs> it was, I found it slightly odd to have um, Mockingbird and Hunter at the center of the story, at least at this point of the story. Um, again, not complaining, but I'm just kind of sitting there going, you know, you had Migna when carry the story on her back um, just two weeks ago for 204, you know, to the point that, you know, there's all, I mean, she's literally on set more to do all this double shooting and all that. Um, and now she's just like the pilot. Uh, again, not quite complaining, but it's kind of like, well, she was really the team leader of, of this episode. She took on the toughest guy. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't relegate her just to uh, to pilot status. You know, we know that uh, Coulson was talking to the Agent 33 doppelganger, but he was prepared to make her director in his absence. So, you know, I, I wouldn't denigrate her position just yet. In general, I agree. And, and let me pause the analysis for just one moment to say, it was about a year ago, specifically on the heels of uh, of Thor, that, that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, where it was like, May fights the girl baddie, and yes. Ward fights the boy baddie. How far we've come in this that episode. That was the well episode, by the oh, way. Oh, that was the well episode? We'll see yes. there. <gasps> Hashtag, it's all connected. Yes. Um, how refreshing later on this episode, you know, she fights the number one bad guy. And I know there's a woman you know, amongst the, the, the faux shield people, because, you know, Hunter offers her the beer first. I can't tell you who Mockingbird beat up and who Hunter beat up. All I know is the two of them, you know, kicked butt against baddies of, of equal gender. So that's a nice development, certainly. That's not, you know, girls go to the girls' side and boys go to the <laughs> boys' side and now fight. 
And Bobby Morse goes through a biohazard of a person's remains. <laughs> that was really um, kind of gross, actually. <laughs> you think she accidentally breathed some in? I don't know, but don't do that. <laughs> is what that boils down to. He, it's just like concrete dust. She probably just like blew her nose out and it was like, look, it's Fred. <laughs> gross. The thing about Bobby Morse that uh, Lance Hunter points out is her memory. Um, you know, her ability to speak Japanese, her ability to uh, hold a grudge, um, to continue an argument. And um, Toshiro, meanwhile, is pointing out that there's a nasty rumor that she's working for S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, she points out aren't we all working for shield? Um, which I think again gets to the idea we've talked about, um, revealing her double or potentially triple agent, uh, triple agent nature. Um, and Toshiro mentions possibly getting to work on the diviner, the, uh, name now for the obelisk device, which are agents here for the first time before uh, Hunter gets an incoming message and he sees that someone is about to get the drop on his ex-wife. And that is a good bit of story there um, that, that her, you know, that her, her circumstances in, uh, in leaving Hydra have now been revealed. So he's the first one to jump in for those of you who are saying, Look, the fact that she's burned Hydra is now proof that she's left Hydra. I mean, I think it's one of those things where it easily could have been it easily could have been faked for the purposes of demonstrating one thing to shield. Oh, wait a minute, like they do later on in the episode where they're going after what's his name, the grandson of the Hydra guy, like the the second half of the episode has shield being manipulated with some information julian beckers julian beckers um the second half has the beckers stuff where shield is manipulated i'm i'm latching onto this theory that you know mockingbird is a triple agent and the fact that somebody was coming to kill her because she was a double agent could just have been a, a further plant well morse of course uh takes the Rides side a horse yeah that uh, Hunter was peacocking, um, you know, he then shoots a guy who's about to get up um, and they find out that they are heading to Belgium. Um, Fitz, meanwhile, is uh, working on the backed up files and we get another scene with Simmons and he says, I am different. There's this idea of acceptance and Simmons says uh, she's just trying to help here. He tells her, um, you were someone to talk through and you left. Um, they have an argument and Simmons leaves. The thing I came away from that scene thinking is, was it a situation where they thought that they could not tell Fitz that Simmons went on this mission that he would not have been able to uh, rationalize it um, 
given what's happened to him? Or did they not want to worry him in terms of her safety? Because I think we can agree, despite the unrequited love at this point, there's very little that Simmons wouldn't do for Fitz. Well, Pete, can't it be all the above? I mean, to see him, to see the growth that he has had in terms of his traumatic brain injury um, in these six episodes, which, yeah, I know it's he's healed in part because it's, you know, it's time for the show to exist. But you imagine where he must have been and how far, you know, from from ground zero of the of the injury to where he is uh, even at 201. Um I think it's completely reasonable to say we're not going to tell him anything um, just because we don't want he, – he just can't handle this on a, on a multitude of layers. And what more proof do you need than he is hallucinating another person? Um, so I think it's completely reasonable. And furthermore, I think it's it's dramatically convenient but also ultimately reasonable to say, well, she's just not going to come out and tell him you know, the nitty gritty of her undercover stuff because it will upset him or he's going to come to somebody and say, why didn't you tell me, you know, it's just more trouble than is worth with someone who, you know, is in a, in a genuinely tender state. The center of this episode, uh, occurs between, uh, Senator Christian Ward's office and the, uh, the cell in, um, the playground, and we have, you know, what has been done a couple times this season, uh, two cross-cut scenes, but I don't think as effectively as it was done in this episode. Um, you know, Coulson is particularly snarky early on with an edge, you know, telling Christian Ward, don't worry, I haven't been waiting long. You're putting in for some me time. Your guys aren't going to be here for a little bit. Okay. And then explains that the attack on the UN was, of course, uh, you know, Whitehall's Hydra and not S.H.I.E.L.D. And Christian Ward comes with this little gem that in light of world events right now only makes more sense. He says the American people are looking for a simple enemy. It makes them feel safe. I think back to this point last season before we knew the Captain America infusion into the story. And Pete, you and I kept bringing up, I feel like perhaps it was me a tad more, although we could we could go back and listen. But we, we certainly discussed, you know, there's occasionally times where S.H.I.E.L.D. is, pointed, is painted in uh, a less than flattering light. And I'm sure it plays now as, you know, foreshadowing. But... <laughs> Bottom line is the fact that the show is willing to kind of go to those slightly political, modern areas where they don't need to. When you could just say, oh, it's, you know, the octopus people and the eagle people and they fight. And, you know, the fact that the show is willing to have that depth um, is part of the reason why we love it so much. That it really, you know, it, it is trying to be relevant, if only just to dip into the real world for a moment and then come back out with aliens and night night guns and so on and so forth um it's this character of christian ward really adds a certain complexity and it's really really uh it's really really wonderful 
he's asking Coulson, of course, if this is a threat and maybe the line of the episode, no, I'm trying to tell you I have your brother in my basement. Hashtag brother in my basement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that whole scene was just wonderful. I love that for the humor that they're giving Clark Gregg uh, in certain uh, episodes and certain um, portions of episodes like we saw in the beginning of this one, I love that it now has a purpose, which is he's he's able to have this edge of anger. He's able to chew out the people beneath him when they disappoint him. He's able to just saunter on in there, you know, and just sit down, you know, just completely in charge of the situation. And it's, you know, it's it's wonderful that they're giving Clark Craig so much to work with in terms of whether it's humor, whether it's swagger, whether it's um, authority. It's just fantastic. With Coulson in Washington and no one watching at the playground, Sky is able to go back to Ward unaccosted. Um, and uh, they talk about uh, what is going on with Christian. And um, he, of course, is warning her about her brother's motivations. Colson explains that Grant Ward told him uh, about his childhood, that he knows plenty. He knows about the well. And uh, Christian says, you may think you know Grant Ward and explains uh, uh, about a time. Then when they were children, they went hunting salamander and crayfish and he found Grant over their little brother Thomas with a screwdriver, which, pardon me, Lizzie, uh, gave me a post-traumatic flashback there, Matt. Did it? Yeah, to The Walking Dead. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Okay, look at the flowers, Matt. <laughs> look at the flowers. Yikes. I found that 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 presentation there by Christian Ward to be convincing. Um you know, in terms I think of it's, I... I'm, I'm, listen, man, I'll make no bones that I'm, I'm team ward here. Um, I'm team ward too. It's just a different ward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grant ward, but uh, he, he comes down on the, on the manipulative angle Grant does. And, um, you know, sky says she's giving him the chance now. Okay. And, uh, Colson says to Christian that he has a way they can both get what they want. Um, Grant says that to Sky that the uh, that her father, um, you know, did this. Uh, what happened in Hunan? This was all because he loved her. Um, that people died there, but they were Hydra that her mom is dead. She wants to know why he doesn't know. Okay. But her dad killed everybody and she demands, I, I felt a little bit of the dialogue was, it was an exposition in the sense it was giving us information. It was, you know, pushing us forward. And, you know, she demands to know what is he? Of course, no answer, but Grant explains that whatever he is, he lost it. And um, she wants to know that if I set you free, how, how are we going to find him? 
you have connections and he reminds her, of course, that he's resourceful, but together they will find him. Okay. And then Sky pulls the curtain back and explains, well, we're going to give your brother exactly what he wants. I thought that it was an extremely effective scene, uh, particularly, yes, they're moving the football forward with some of the exposition. Yes, they are um, answering a prediction I made last week, which was that this this destruction in her past, um, I think it was suggested, but but it's really come clearly now that you know the the, the, the father caused this destruction from that particular scene, you know that in Hunan that had been referenced. Uh, last season, so on and so forth. I thought if there was a moment where I thought it was a bit um, moving a bit quick or just kind of checking off some things, it was the referencing of the mother. Now, perhaps somebody who who has grown up without both parents, someone who was adopted, etc., might have seen more authenticity in that um, scene than I saw. I can only give give my take based on on, on you know, not having had a past like skies um but i just kind of thought it was like hey let's mention mom and no mom is dead so that way we can confirm that mom is dead that said so that's kind of the function of the story i thought that chloe bennett's acting in response to the mom thing was lovely and it was nuanced and it was sad and it was this extra hope of hey i've always wanted to have a family and uh, hey i have a dad and he's a giant rage monster that kills people Hey, maybe mom is nice. Hope, hope, hope. And then it was like all the hope of all those years. Maybe one day I'll find my mom and dad. And I don't mean to be sing song about it. I apologize because, you know, her, certainly her as someone who was, you know, put up for adoption and doesn't know her parents. I mean, that's, 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 that's not a Marvel Cinematic Universe invention. So I, I don't mean to be flippant about it, but the, the hope that she surely must have had all her life that I will be reunited with these people again. And then the disappointment that, well, not dad, so now the hope shifts to mom, and mom is dead. I thought that that was not overplayed. I think they could have spent more time with it, in fact, but they didn't, and it was lovely nonetheless. And it's what it has to be at this point. With Act 4, Coulson has struck this deal with Christian Ward, which I thought came about a little too conveniently. But again, for the sake of the story, it's what it needs to be. Yeah, another uh, example of like why this is a B plus episode because I was sitting there going, I know I've been watching and I know I didn't just tune out, but did this deal just happen? Did I <laughs> did I tune out for a second? Was there a whole scene where I was like on Twitter about my like it was just kind of like all of a sudden it was like, oh, and there's a deal where we're sending you to your to, to your brother, and I was like, wait, what did I you know how did I miss that? So I didn't miss it, right, Pete? It just that's no, when the reveal no, was. It was. Okay, it was an unspoken. It was an unspoken agreement, <laughs> um, you know, but it's revealed that the uh, the fake agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. here, these these Hydra uh, imposters are chasing this Julian Beckins. They have his location. Um, Mac and, and Fitz had a scene there and they uncover that Vincent Beckers uh, worked for the Red Skull. They were talking about a scientist. I thought they were going to go with Armin Zola for a minute there, but, you know, of course they had many more scientists. Um, and Coulson has a very tense scene with Ward in his cell where he explains that for three and a half weeks he sat in the chair and now you want to talk. 
He says, you'll never see Sky again. Um, you are not, nor will you ever be part of the team. Um, and he references that you tried to kill Fitz and Simmons. You killed Victoria Hand. You killed Eric Koenig. Okay. And is this Christian's idea or yours is what Grant Ward asks him. Um, so, and I get it and you see this and Colson again, being the soul of this television show, you so very much want to believe that Grant Ward is a two dimensional character. He is not. And I'm telling you, Matt, things are far more complex than they seem. I think that that line about him sitting in the chair for three and a half weeks, it was a good line, but I think too, it's, it's another example of how this is a B plus episode. Now I don't lay this necessarily at the feet of the writers. There might've been external pressures on the script, like, Hey, Marvel's doing the 75th anniversary thing. So we wanted to spend four episodes to get to point X. Now we need to do it in three. So we need to chop out some of that, that narrative at certain points and give and take and all that. But it would have been much more evocative, let's say, if the episode started with, you know, four months ago, Colson comes down, sits there, blah, blah, blah. Three months ago, or some, some kind of thing like that. Right. Where My point is this. We had Colson explaining things in a visual medium. Why didn't you just show us that? It would have been really cool to kind of enter in this weird, Colson keeps sitting there and it's the past. What's going on? And then to tie it into to later. I understand why they didn't do it. This, I really have the impression that this was like a 48-minute episode. It was 48 minutes worth of story, and they had to cram it into 42 minutes. There was just something weird about the flow for this episode. Again, not a bad episode. We had some episodes, you know, first half of last season, which were not great. The Chitari skull or helmet or whatever episode just kind of was an hour of TV that happened. There was a lot that went on here. It was exciting. It was wonderful. It was just oddly paced. It was an, it was a misshapen episode where the the last you know the, the previous five have been I don't know had better kind of dramatic curves, if you will. Well, I I wouldn't say that this is a B plus episode. I I would say this is among the best of this season. Um, I think it's a difference of opinion. Um, but you look particularly so the the conflict coming with the Becker's character with the reveal that, um, you know, Vincent was the grandfather and, uh, suddenly, you know, a rather quick reveal. Oh my goodness. We've, we've got to reroute the team to the safe house in Bruges. Okay. And, um, that Mr. Becker's there, that they've been followed all right, and Agent Walters is there, and Mr. Scarlatti is there, and they tell him to do what he does best. Okay, of course it's a trap. He puts the, um, what were these funny devices that he created called that? Uh, I believe the, the, the technical term was the spinny stonificator. The, the splinter, uh, the splinter bomb. Yeah. Okay. Puts Which I don't think is a good name because it neither splinters you nor bombs you. Well, a million little pieces there. 
Okay. And uh, Agent Walters is disintegrated to end the fourth act. Our fifth act. Boy, is her daughter going to be angry one yo, day? Oh, she might. You wouldn't like her when she's angry, we think. <laughs> um, but uh, Agent, I'm sorry, uh, Act Five is uh, very much action oriented. Okay. Uh, love the humor at the beginning. You know, uh, Hunter comes in. Wow, guys. Uh, hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, tells him that everybody else is going to need 90 seconds to get in a position. Come in. Cue uh, Mockingbird with her sticks. Cue uh, Scarlatti with uh, his mace against Agent May. Um Hunter backs up uh, his ex with uh, when she gets one of her little uh, sticks separated from her with uh, a piece of a chair, a chair leg. Um, and uh, Morse does the, uh, the move through the guy who gets hit by the splinter bomb. Breathe it in. Yeah, breathe, breathe the remains, the human remains in. And then... Um, Done for some effectivity here, Coulson then takes a phone call. It's May, and he asks how many. And there's a human toll, Matt. You know, we've talked about S.H.I.E.L.D. as this big, super-secret organization. You know, they've been stripped of their so much of their resources. They're losing a lot of people. There's a human toll to this. Yeah. It's red shirt extras. It was again. Oh, it was I, one dis- of these things I was- disagree. That and and that brokers the peace between Talbot and Shield. As tenuous as that True. may seem, you know, they're both losing people, uh, and horribly so with this technology. So you know, Ward is left with his dossier on Colson's desk and the deal having been struck, um, you know, Mac and Simmons have a nice scene where, you know, we, we talked about it before the idea that, um, she left when, uh, when Fitz revealed how he felt about her. Although after the accident, I, I just, I don't buy that. Yeah, and I wasn't clear to what degree she was um, she was protecting herself against things that were not accurately accurately stated about her. You know, whether she was addressing hearsay. Um, it's it's a nebulous point in the story, and one that I don't expect they're going to go back to by way of flashback or that sort of thing, but. Right. It is kind of slightly odd that she somehow is the bad guy in all of this and kind of did more than everybody else in terms of the whole undercover risk your life every day for months and months and months. I, 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 I don't quite I don't quite get that. The symmetry is that at the same time, um, Hunter seems to be leaving explains to Bobby that shield was always her thing, but she says again with perhaps an eye towards foreshadowing shield is not shield anymore. Um, if you're going to stay, stay. Okay. And then finally we're left with Colson telling ward it's time to go. The guards take his hands. 
Christian Ward is at the podium. He explains that the events of this episode have happened over 48 hours when the United Nations was first attacked, that people are owed the truth. And um, Ward is walked out of Grant Ward is walked out of the playground. Um, his brother Christian explains that there is a complex reality. Simmons um, tells Grant, if I ever see you again, I'll kill you, which you seem to think, Matt, is foreshadowing. foreshadowing. I, I seem to think it's a little bit of anger. We shall see. Okay. Um, Hashtag spoiler, Matt. Yeah. Talbot and, and Matt have a nice scene where they explain they recovered uh, Beckers at the border. Talbot and Matt do? Wow. Well, you know what, Pete? It I, was, I, I, I was glad to look Talbot right in the eye and I'm say, so- listen to me, you salty son of a gun, you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say Matt? I meant Matt. Hey. Well, you know uh, what? Talbot- I, I I could be compared to far worse than Agent May. But they have this nice scene where, again, they bond over how many they've lost and, and May explains six, which actually the numbers even it out from the beginning of the episode. Um and he explains, as always, a shame when a soldier dies, they shake hands. Okay. Christian Ward admits publicly that his brother was Hydra. And uh, Grant, as he gets into that vehicle, makes that promise that he'll keep his promise. And uh, Christian Ward, uh, in voiceover, explains that the darkness lingers longer than the light. And we get a close-up of Grant Ward in the vehicle. Uh, Coulson had uh, told the guards not to give him an inch, and uh, despite that fact, Ward works his way out and into a commercial. (laughs) What commercial, though, Matt? Well, wait, before before we get to the commercial, and again, me, look, if I'm being overly nitpicky here, you know, those of you who follow our live tweets for Gotham, uh, I'm not being nitpicky like that. Although Gotham is just outright sloppy all the time. They hood Ward only after he's walked through most of the sandbox. So like if Ward <laughs> is going to like. box, it's the playground. The, the playground. Um, so like if Ward is going to suddenly like punch his way out, now he has a lay of the land. But he doesn't find. They hood him only after every major character at the playground has seen him. All right, fine. And they keep him hooded. They take him to the FBI that is parked outside. So now the FBI like knows where the sandbox is or something. The playground. The playground. Sorry. The <laughs> playground. Um, then like they take his hood off. How about keep his hood on the entire time so he doesn't know. Is he in the back of a 8 by 10 space? A 10 by 12 space? Are there two guys? Four guys? Six guys? I can't imagine that's how you move high profile bad guys who are trained assassins who already have killed uh one two three four five shield agents just off the top of my head being victoria hand her two friends and uh the two guys in the elevator who remain just the the c3po and r2d2 of the entire show just these these two these two schmoes just guarding an elevator who paid the awful awful price of of grant ward's malicious evil and rant pete there was not a preview. There was not a commercial right after. There was a there was a scene from an upcoming motion picture entitled. Yes. Let's see if I have the the title here in front of me. 
the Avengers aging Ultron. So I'm no, not quite sure what that's, that's about. Yeah, that's that's kind of off. Well, Matt, it was the first time you got to see this scene because, of course, I saw this this summer when it was first made available. <laughs> you mean when it was first when the the light from that image was first captured in the camera and you were you were in the <laughs> in the shadows in the background saying, "Yes, lifted, lifted." <laughs> Uh, sadly, I was not on set to see this captured, but I, I did see uh, the early dailies and uh, got to see this scene where um, the, uh, the worthiness of lifting uh, Thor's hammer, Molnir, uh, becomes an issue. Tony Stark's unable to do it. He puts his Iron Man gauntlet on. He still can't lift it. Uh, he tries to get some help from uh, War Machine. They can't lift it. Um, Captain America, of course, for humorous effect, budges it the tiniest little bit. Uh, what they did not show oh, you, Matt. Should, should, we say, should we say spoilers? Watch out, people. Well, they, they showed this to us ahead of time. I will tell you. Uh, the spoiler right here, what you didn't see, what was shown previously that was not shown here. And the only reason they had to do this tonight, they were not planning Marvel on giving us a scene, is because a week ago, um, the international trailer leaked. Um, and Marvel doubled down and said, don't look at the crappy copy that's making the rounds. We'll put the HD version out. And then tonight they gave you the scene to make up for that. Uh, despite the fact that this scene had already been shown publicly at least twice before. What you did not see is that um, Banner at one point makes an attempt at the hammer and starts to uh, have some Hulk effects and everybody gets real worried. Oh, nice. Um, and then, of course, uh, um, Black Widow uh, does not want to lift it because she doesn't really want to know the answer of her worthiness. And then, of course, Ultron comes out in a snippet of what we had seen in the larger trailer, talking about the strings and the worthiness and everything there. So some statement of theme of what's coming beyond what we had seen in the trailer that again leaked a week ago the there are no strings on me ultron centric international slash u.s trailer now the worldwide i prefer to call it the pinocchio trailer because that is of <laughs> course the the no strings song from pinocchio which is yes. just just so wonderfully used yes now Pete. Um, Unless I'm uh, unless I'm uh, incorrect, there still was more Agents of Shield, though. Yes, but you know, very much different from the body narrative. The tag secret scene here uh, takes place in a tattoo parlor, and uh, gentleman comes in. He's got cash this time, and tonight they finish it. But he's told it's gonna hurt. That's all right, he says. The pain helps me remember. And then with his shirt off, of course, we see he's covered in graffiti. And in two weeks, we will come 
back to the mystery of Colson's carving and perhaps a little GH325. Surely the uh, the reveal of the other guy that's out there. Now, Pete, I just ask this kind of, you know, procedurally. Stranger, here. as he was uh, credited tonight. Stranger danger. Um, yes. Now, I've... Pete, how do I put this? The amount of money that he put down. Now you're you're somebody who who of course you're you're famous for your tattoos. Um, oh, for for man. what he was paying for, did that seem to be a fair amount for for the work that he was going to have finished? I didn't see what the amount was, but given my knowledge of uh, you know body art, um, it can range from you know a couple hundred dollars to thousands. Wow. Well, he 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 certainly has a lot there, and then I guess it'll be uh, a lot of work. It, kind of banter aside, it was it was a very evocative moment where the the tattoo artiste was uh, doing his work there, and the stranger pulled the needle kind of even closer, pulled it in to heighten the yes. pain. Really, yes. really nice uh, moment. I don't know that that's actually going to 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 add to the the work of the tattoo. Having seen you know New York Ink for a season or so. Um, but, uh, certainly, you know, joking aside, certainly a really evocative scene with this kind of masochism that he's, uh, he's, well, as one would with masochism, putting upon himself. The dossier. Okay. Detailed look at our bad guys. Um, how about these fake shield agents, Matt? What'd you think of them? I think it's a really uh, it's a really fun addition to the story. I think it makes a ton of sense for Hydra to be doing this. All it takes is a shield outfit, and you say, "Look, we told you shield is bad." You know, the, the, those who are so inclined to say um, it makes complete sense. I mean, it's like you know, we're you know, it's this is as old as you know military tricks can go. Um, where to me, it's just wonderful. It was a great invention of the story, and I think completely logical as well. Toshiro Mori as this um, arms manufacturer, science type guy. Found him a little one-dimensional. Maybe the idea that he had a history with Bobby Morse makes him a little more uh, dimensional. Um, But the guy's not drawing air, if I remember correctly, anymore. Yeah, in fact, I know there was someone that Hunter and Mockingbird, like, shot simultaneously i don't know if that was him but it's funny that you should say he uh you kind of found him to be one-dimensional i thought that for the time he was on screen uh he had a certain charisma to him but um either way i don't think worthy of too much uh focus since he's not with us anymore and senator christian ward matt i have him on the dossier i really don't think we can trust this guy he's been set up as a villain he was aligned with talbot when talbot was chasing shield talbot now seems to be on the side of shield but can we trust these wards a lot of them I trust Christian Ward more than I trust Grant Ward, which I know might be, you know, the the show might be manipulating me that way for the great reveal further on. But I'm sticking with the evidence that the text gives me. And uh, I'm saying Senator Ward, 
an okay guy. That said, his rousing speech towards the end where he's not just selling his brother out, but he's selling the selling of his brother out um, gives me pause as to why he is doing this and if it's for the most altruistic reasons. Time to analyze and theorize. Grant Ward, Christian Ward, will we see Thomas Ward? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say yes, but not this season. Because I think it would just be a little bit too cute to have the brothers Ward. That said, could I see it happening in the next, what, we have four episodes until the end of the fall, the fall chunk? I could see it happening in the next four weeks, but I'll bet not this season. Can you kill Grant Ward off and then bring his youngest brother in? Um, that sounds like a soap opera. They could do <laughs> it in the right way. If they're saying we want to keep Brett Dalton, but we want to you know, switch things around, it could be done. It could be done in a way that's not hokey, but it would risk being hokey. Now, if they had said all along his twin brother, then that would have been... <laughs> Thomas Riker? Thomas Riker, that's right. <laughs> um I don't know. I I I don't I'm sticking with Grant Ward gets killed off by the end of the season. Controversial. Wow. I'm not betting the house on it, but I'm I'm uh, I'm planting my flag on it. Is Matt Grant Ward all manipulation? Look, I Sky is the least seasoned agent there. Sky is the least um, world knowledgeable. I mean, I know she's kind of you know been around and rising tide and all that, but certainly the you know the one that has the least you know she's the youngest and and all of that. I think it's no coincidence that he has zeroed in on her to be you know she's mother superior to which he confesses. I think that we have a long, long, long road before. He starts to get welcomed back. The fact that you had Coulson really reiterating it, you know, what, what a bad guy he was. No, you're not part of the team. You will never be part of this team again. I felt like that was a message to the audience. You think you know where this is headed. You think you know that we're hitting a f- the break of the fall episodes before too long, and you, you, you know, you're playing along at home, and they're saying no. That's, that's what I sense from the show, that they're saying no you're wrong what about this tattoo guy what's going on with the tattoo carver is he the self-same artiste who put the um carving into the back of the spanish painting that survived the blaze at the what was the name of the church? Hang on. Santa Maria de los Flores. Uh, um, yes. And you might say, well, that's convenient. Yeah, well, they also did telegraph, you know, like, you mean there's another guy out there? A guy that does this thing? Yeah, and then a guy shows up? Yeah, they told us there was going to be a guy who does a thing. So I'm not that particularly... I'm not going to call, you know, story baloney that like, what are the odds? They told us the odds. The odds are this guy is going to show up soon. And then he did. So, yeah, that's the guy, of course. Totally the guy. Pete Ford, Decrypted Transmissions. We're going to hit the mailbag hard next week. 
Uh, of course, there's uh, the Marvel 75th anniversary special, which we will podcast, but I doubt it's going to uh, warrant an hour and 11 minutes, which is what we're at right now for this podcast. So your thoughts on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season thus far, your thoughts on the Marvel event announcement today with all the upcoming movies, share all that, email us at Gmail, uh, at our Gmail, fantasticgeek at gmail.com, and um, we're going to read everything we got, we're going to clear out that mailbag, and it'll be a jolly old time. Do send it to us by uh, next Sunday, though, because that's probably when we're going to record that portion, just so we can actually go to sleep at a reasonable hour next Tuesday. (laughs) So we also we also love your iTunes reviews. Uh, you help us out a lot when you leave them. The feedback is definitely something we take to heart. Um, so on iTunes, search Fantastic Geek and uh, leave us a, re- a review. Why don't you? And uh, of course, that will put your name into a hat for uh, for uh, a raffle that we will do probably end of uh, November, early December. So when you do do an iTunes review, do email us, won't you, so that we know who you are, ooh. You said (laughs) doo-doo. Pete, you know who doesn't say doo-doo is you on Twitter. How can people be in touch with you in that perfectly wonderful segue? Well, 4,432 followers can't be wrong you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r j k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. i am personally on twitter as looking back lost you can be in touch with the podcast at our aforementioned gmail the dot com and the twitter it's all fantastic geek it is fantastic with a ph because that's how the cool kids do it they spell things different sometimes even differently um and pete we will of course be back next week for the marvel 75th anniversary episode so we hope everybody is uh is there with that we're going to also talk about the marvel event uh, as well as open up the mailbag so with that pete in what has been a jam-packed episode i will bid everyone a fond um goodbye in whatever they speak in the netherlands which is dutch mm-hmm. so i'll go with avita send again and give you pete the final word Forgive me if I do my job effectively and with style. Uh